The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Welcome back to Cowboys Break. I'm Amber Garcia, joined by Nick Inman and David Hellman. The draft week is finally here. It starts tomorrow. And yesterday was a press conference, first press conference pre-draft, where we got to experience some of these technology <laughs> issues. Our group didn't really get a questioning yesterday, but <laughs> we got to put it out there. It wasn't y'all's fault, right? Got to address the elephant in the room, man. There's no way around it. I promise I was there, okay? It's not like I'm making a sandwich during pre-draft press conference. A bologna sandwich. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but we were all there listening. It wasn't our gonna ask, Dave? I, I mean, was going to ask. I was going to ask uh, Stephen Jones, you know, you, you're so insistent on addressing the team's needs in free agency so you can draft purely, but you don't have a slot receiver. So what gives? Uh, I'm very curious about the fact that the Cowboys haven't done anything with Randall Cobb's absence. So I wanted to know if they were putting a higher priority on drafting receiver or do they think they can find a veteran in free agency after the draft? But well, you know. well, Dale, is it Dale? Oh, Dave, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're confident in the receivers we have. We have a lot of good receivers uh, behind those starting two. And uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to replace Randall Cobb. But, um, you know, we, we're confident we can, we can go into the draft. So there's some good receivers in there if that's the route we want to go. But we're confident we don't have to get a wide receiver if we don't need one. There you that go. Is a really good impression and a bad answer. Okay. Okay, exactly. Which is remember when we had the whole like player by comedy thing? Yeah, yeah that lasted eight weeks. <laughs> and, and I was going to ask to McCarthy. I was like, obviously, you don't know that they haven't drafted a safety in almost two decades. But you had Ha Ha Clinton Dix in Green Bay. What are you expecting? What type of player are you expecting to get in? Does that solidify your safety position going into the draft, Dave? Oh, do you want me to do well, the impression? I guess we, we don't gonna, have the answers to that. <laughs> I'm not going to try to do the impression, but I, like, I genuinely do think, like, Stephen Jones, um, whenever it was that he talked, he, he went on 103 The Fan a week ago and said, you know, we spent significantly at safety. We, like, we made this significant addition. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize four and a half million dollars for HaHa Clinton Dix was like this insane investment. Like, I didn't realize that. So I don't know this for sure, but we know the Cowboys value a lot of positions more than they value safety. And we know that they feel pretty good about HaHa and Darian Thompson along with Xavier Woods. And I'm just, after what happened last year, I'm not going to get my hopes up that they have these big plans on drafting a safety. Sorry, Amber. A trade, apparently, because he did say, you know, there's been a lot of talks about Jamal Adams and a possible trade with the Cowboys. But Jerry Jones were very was very clear yesterday in making a comment saying that they weren't going to invest on a trade using a trade for a high profile player. So 
there goes that, unless they're keeping it a secret for, I don't know what their plans are for right now. You know, if anybody, I'll go back real quick what we were talking about. If anybody doesn't understand what we were saying, there was the pre-draft press conference yesterday. They had uh, all the media guys are in girls in there talking about, you know, different questions and it was their turn. When it got to my turn, they couldn't hear me. When it got to Dave's turn, they couldn't hear me. And don't you find it ironic, Dave, that as we're doing this and talking about this, uh, the the guy that's running this whole thing just sent us an email to ask us if we want to test for tomorrow's thing, which we definitely need to test. But yes, the timing this, is so. the timing is hilarious. Um, and, and to talk about your point, I don't know if everybody's talking about Jamal Adams, but I feel like there's aware. well, I feel like I'm talking about in the media. I think it's being driven by one or two people, and I think a lot of people are picking up steam there. I just Jerry said it highly unlikely, and I believe that. That's one thing I do believe. And you know, these press conferences that yesterday are always so frustrating because I'll never forget them telling us in 2016 that drafting a running back really high isn't that smart of a move, and then they picked Ezekiel Elliott like three days later. So they don't really want to give you a lot of information. So. I don't know. I do you think they would get someone day? Do you think they'll they'll No, not at all. But yeah, I mean if they had plans on doing it, they wouldn't tell us about it. Um it's lying season. That's what happens in the lead up to the draft. But um for the cost of what you'd have to pay for Jamal Adams, I have a hard time believing the Jets would let him go for just one pick, even if it was a first round pick. Uh on top of that, I th- I mean that's just another guy that needs a big contract really soon. Um, I, I mean, it, it's risky drafting players. You never know if they're going to pan out, but they need to find some cheap talent. They have enough expensive talent. That's something that, no offense to the fans, it's just it takes a long time to really understand that because they look at it, and, and some certain media people look at it too, and they, and, and they say, well, he's better than anybody you're going to get at 17, which is true. But – You've got, like you said, you had a five, you had four years with a quarterback making less than two million a year. You should have done more with that. I mean, you can't just keep getting these players in here. You need cheap players, like you said, Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, you know, he, he needs to play two or three years on a deal like this and be really productive. And it, it hurts when you don't have when your first round picks turn into Amari Cooper and he's making twenty million a year. So. Yeah. I mean, it's way more likely than not. The Cowboys would be a better team in 2020 with Jamal Adams and no first-round pick. But you look at the long-term, you look at what it's going to cost you, you look at the you know the overall health of your roster, 1 to 53. Like, I mean, they already have – they've got – you know, their top 12 is among the best in the NFL, but it's, you know, players 15 through 30 – those guys do a lot of heavy lifting on good teams, and you need draft picks uh, to make that work. And, you know, if they traded for Jamal Adams, I, I wouldn't hate it. I would, I would compliment the move, but I understand why uh, they're more committed to trying to replenish their roster with affordable talent. I mean, you can make the, the case. Would you rather have Jamal Adams uh, at, at safety next year making what? million 13 million a year probably more than that depends on when he would get his deal i mean he doesn't need to be re-signed right now um whatever his rookie salary is it's probably like five or six right now but i mean he will be worth like 15 million a year very soon 
Delphit or Xavier McKinney for, you know, a million maybe. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And Xavier McKinney and Grant Delphit might not ever be as good as Jamal Adams. Like I said, I mean, Jamal Adams unquestionably makes you better in 2020, but this like this draft, I I can't I just keep going back to how important I think this draft is for the Cowboys' chances of competing on a higher level. I mean, you know, they need to find three or four, you know, starters or heavy contributors in this draft class if they be a playoff caliber team, a team that's capable of winning playoff games. Also, I love Will McClay to death. Uh, I like all the guys in the Cowboys personnel department, but this is a big draft for their reputation. Um, you know, they they really earned their stripes and got a lot of well-deserved accolades for how well they drafted from 2014 to 2016. 2017 draft looks fine. I mean, yeah, terrible. I, I think terrible is a stretch because you got three starters out of it. You got Jordan Lewis. You got um, Tito Awuzier and you got Xavier Woods. They're not like amazing players. They found three starter caliber players. Obviously, Taco's a bust. Yeah, and but those three st- starting caliber players are players that the Cowboys are looking to upgrade with. 2017 is not good by any stretch. Uh, 2018, you got Gallup, and we'll see about Leighton. Jury's still out. 2019 looks pretty rough. Like they they need to hit on this draft. You know, if if the if the narrative of the Cowboys being among the best drafting teams in the league is true, this draft is really important. They need to kind of get back on the horse because the last two or three years have been mediocre to bad. Uh, so this this is important for a lot of reasons. I mean, 2016, there's more good players that have come out of that combined than 17, 18, and 19 together, right? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, 2016, I don't know if it's fair to say 2016 is the standard. I mean, that's one of the two or three best draft classes in Cowboys history. Um, but, you know, 2015, you found an all-pro corner in Byron Jones. You have found a four-year contributor in Damian Wilson. Um, 2014, I mean, your two big picks from 2014 are still on the team, Zach Martin and Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, you got to and, – and even, you know, Anthony Hitchens was a four-year starter while he was here that was a great pick for where you found him um they they need that they need their first second third and preferably fourth round pick to don't all have to start but those are guys that need to be contributing big time from the get it's gonna be interesting to see because i was having a lot of hopes on hopefully getting the players from last year's draft to have a good off season get a lot of workouts in, gain some power, get healthy, you know, and, and start training camp off pretty well. But with everything that's going on, now it makes me wonder how much this virtual life is going to affect their physical performance when they do get back on the field. So we'll see what the Cowboys decide to do. Now, staying on the topic of the defense just for, for a moment, Still having some confusion here as to what the Cowboys plan to do there, whether it's a 4-3 defense or a 3-4. I mean, they say it's a 4-3, but then you get talking about different players that look more like a 3-4. So what did you guys gather from what McCarthy said yesterday? Well, he was pressed pretty hard about that. Like, you know, what what is it? What's it going to be? 3-4 or 4-3? I mean, it doesn't matter that much. 
You just nailed it, Amber. Thank you. Does it really matter? And I think there's only confusion if you're obsessed with the label as this black and white thing that matters. Like, And you know what? It makes sense why people feel that way because the last defensive coordinator had a very rigid black and white approach to things. We're going to have four down linemen. The right end is going to have this skill set. I need this from my under tackle. My left end is going to do this. We're going to play these coverages. I get it, but Rod Marinelli's gone. Uh, and I just don't think that Mike Nolan and Mike McCarthy are going to approach their defense that way. It is a 4-3 front. They are going to have four down linemen, at least for the time being. But from the sounds of it, they want to bring pressure with players that aren't necessarily always pass rushers. Jalen Smith comes to mind. Alden Smith and Randy Gregory are also obviously versatile guys that could play in either front. I think you're going to see a lot of everything. And it should be exciting more than confusing because for years and years and years, we kept hearing, oh, that guy's not a scheme fit. That guy doesn't do what we fit, what we want to do. Well, we'll see. I mean, they haven't drafted anybody yet, but like it sounds like they just want to draft good football players and figure out what to do with them later, which is how everyone in the world should approach this thing. I'm exactly. excited to see what it's going to look like. Yeah, me too. I mean, when you, when you look at Randy Gregory and Alden Smith, if those two guys get reinstated and, and it sounded like Jerry and Steven – didn't really want to be the ones to talk about that because it's a touchy situation and they don't know. And I guarantee the NFL's thinking about bigger things right now than, than reinstating some of these players. But, you know, they look like three, four pass rushers. That's what they look like. Their body types are. Demarcus Lawrence looks like a, he is a four, three pass rusher. He's not, he doesn't have a great fit in a traditional three, four scheme. The Ontario Poe looks like a three, four guy. Gerald uh, McCoy to me, a four, three, but that's the beauty of it. I mean, you can make these switches in between a series, in, in between a play. And, and I think that that's just saying what Dave is pointing out. Just get good I play. Think a really good example of this is two of the guys that we're talking about a lot at the top of the draft, Caleb on chase on out of LSU and Zach Vaughn out of Wisconsin. I wouldn't be shocked if under the previous regime, both of those guys were out of consideration because we don't know if he can put his hand on the ground and play right end. Does that remind you of TJ Watt at all? Like that was the bit like, is, can he play? Can he put his hand on the ground and go? Whereas if the Cowboys were to draft Zach Vaughn, they would probably say, all right, we're going to find some looks for you where you can rush as an outside rusher, can play a little bit of Sam linebacker. You can do this, that, and the other. And by the time it's all said and done, you'll be playing 67% of the snaps. And that sounds awesome to me rather than just saying, well, He's never really been a 4-3 in, so get him out of – just get him off the board. We don't like him. When uh, we went to uh, a restaurant in Indianapolis at the, at the Combine, uh, we were fortunate enough – Dave and I were fortunate enough to, to go with uh, some of the other media guys, and, and um, we were just kind of talking a little bit on the record, mostly off the record. And, and McCarthy said exactly that. He said, you know, if you got a player that doesn't really fit your scheme, but he's a great player – then you need to change your scheme. And I like look over at Dave and, and Dave is, he didn't do it, but he <laughs> might as well did like the Deion Sanders. It was just like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Now we'll see if they actually do that, but. No, that's, it's, they've said everything I want to hear, but now this is like the first true test. Obviously we haven't seen any actual football under Mike McCarthy, but the decisions they make this weekend could go a long way about, you know, shaping what they actually want to do. So that's really exciting. 
<laughs> now, another thing that was discussed yesterday, and that actually Jane Slater was pressing on pretty hard, <laughs> was about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was the topic of discussion yesterday. Um, the whole franchise tag number was recalculated, recalculated, and he finally came out with a total, what was it, 31 point something? Uh, 31.4 around there, um, which was kind of around the, the amount we were expecting. Now, when asked if Dak has been participating in this virtual voluntary offseason program, McCarthy kind of, <laughs> he tried his best to kind of not answer it. Basically said that Dak has been in communication with the coaches but he's not going to be taking role of all the players that do take part on this program because it is voluntary. Now, in the way that I, that I heard it, I mean, that didn't make me feel like it sounded as if Dak was participating in the voluntary program or not. What do you guys think? I think that, there, I thought, I think that Mike McCarthy answered that question as best as he can because – it is a volunt like you said. It's a voluntary program. The minute the Cowboys, especially their head coach, start revealing to the media who's who's participating and who isn't, then he's subject to, you know, I don't know if the I don't know if it's a fine or anything like that. But but you certainly don't want the league jumping in and saying why are you throwing out these players' business? Because he said we're definitely not going to be taking role. But he also mentioned that he's he's doing everything. He's communicating. So. I looked at it like he is participating somewhat, but he can't say whether or not he's there or not. Yeah. And I think I talked about this last week. Like if, if this was the real off season program and we're doing workouts and on field learning and all that stuff, I understand. But like, I, I don't care if, if Dak is on the zoom call, I don't care. Like, like I, I said it last week, like, He's got his iPad. That's so he's, funny. It, it does. Cause like, you it know, is. I mean, it's, you know, do I need to be, do I need to be on a zoom call with Derek and Nick at all hours of the day for them to know that I'm like handling what I'm supposed to be handling? You know, no, like we're all, we're mature adults and we can accomplish what we need to accomplish without having somebody virtually breathing down our neck. Like I, I don't care if Dak logs into a single call. He's got his iPad. And like I said last week, like, I think he cares way too much about being good at quarterback to, like, throw his iPad across the room and not ever look at it. Like, I'm sure he's looking at it. I'm sure he's going to handle what he needs to handle. In the meantime, as long as all this weird stuff is going on, I don't care if he's logging in or not. Maybe I'm alone in that, but it just seems silly to quibble over. Well, another thing that was interesting, though, about that whole conversation is, okay, yes, they said that they, they're still in the works or in the hopes of getting a long-term deal with Dak Prescott, but they are not kind of not canceling the possibility of drafting a quarterback in this draft. Jerry Jones mentioned how Mike McCarthy likes to have extra quarterbacks in the room, get them to develop, and hopefully in the future, use them as a trade or just, you know, as an investment overall for the future. What are your thoughts on, on, on this whole quarterback drafting? If they do draft one, what would be like around what round would you be looking at? 
Well, I mean, yes, Mike McCarthy likes to do that, and that's what something Green Bay has done. They, they drafted five quarterbacks in the time he was there, and, and they had Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Um, but that's not what Jerry Jones likes to do. And so it'll be interesting to see. They, he's done it once or so with um, Mike White, and I don't think you know that, that didn't work out, but that doesn't mean you stopped trying. Some of those Packer guys didn't work out either. Uh, how's it going to work out when you have a, a Pro Bowl quarterback there? So um, I, I just think that that if we're looking at it, I would say fifth or sixth round. That's that's how you develop a quarterback. Because anything higher than that, these guys should be somewhat ready to contribute. Uh, they still need development, but I, I think fifth or sixth round. Because you have other needs. You have guys like Dave said. You got to hit on these top four picks. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Based on all the other needs, I mean, do you would you, Dave, think that there is room for a quarterback to be drafted in this draft? I, I don't. Not high. Not in the not in the top picks. I know you know they talk to Jalen Hurts. That's a name that keeps getting brought up, but you'd probably have to draft him with the first or maybe eighty second. Maybe he falls that far. But he, I mean, yeah, like we keep saying, they need. They need pass rushers and cornerbacks and safeties and a receiver. They could probably use some linebacker depth. Like all, I mean, where, how, how are you justifying that on a guy that you hope is not going to touch the field? Um, and I, I mean, I get it. I get it. The higher you draft him, the, the more likely he is to be good. But if they want to do it on day three, that's fine with me. I think you know some guys you could draft in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round that I'd be fine with, but. A premium pick on a quarterback when your quarterback is only 26 is scary to me. And it's hard to convince Jerry Jones otherwise when he's got one of the, the best quarterback that he's ever had here in the last 10 years that he got in the eighth round, if you will. There wasn't one. Uh, an undrafted free agent, Tony Romo. So, you know, I think when you get to that point, you might as well just get, you know, get an undrafted play. I, honestly, yeah. I, would rather, yeah. I would rather draft a punter. I'm not joking. I would rather draft a yes. punter yes. than <laughs> – we're gonna go. I didn't know I was gonna, I was gonna no. make you dance. I thought you were gonna get that excited about a punter. We're gonna go draft the A and M kid. Yeah, get the get Braden Man in the sixth or seventh round. I'd be on board with that for sure. Yeah, I just think I, you know, I think at that point you might as well just get a undrafted free agent, knowing that he's probably not gonna be better than Cooper Rush anyways. Yeah, so they like Cooper Rush enough that he's been around for four or five, you know, three, four years, whatever it is at this point, and he was undrafted, so. And I, you know, I don't dislike Jalen Hurts, but I don't know if the drop off between him and some of the day three guys is so severe that you just have to grab him in the top 100. I, I mean, again, you know, if, if you're quarterback needy, I get it, but Dak Prescott's never missed a game. I'm comfortable betting on that. I mean, you've got one of the, you got one of the most productive college quarterbacks on the roster in uh, Blake Bell. True. Yeah, I I'm holding out hope. He didn't throw a pass. I don't even know if he threw more than five passes his whole career, but he didn't have to. I am holding out hope that they they've got a fun package for him lined up, like you know whether it's goal line or just something to throw defenses off. I mean, I'm not saying he needs to throw passes or whatever, but it would be fun if they could find a way to utilize that. Do you know the uh, two players? on the roster that have thrown a touchdown pass? I mean, other than Dak? There's only one more, I believe. Uh, 
I mean, I'm guessing it's Blake Bell based on the conversation. I don't think so. Oh, Dontari Poe. Yeah. Okay. Po. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that YouTube, that it's one of the coolest things you've ever seen. Yeah, I've watched it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I've been receiving questions about this draft and how it's going to be handled. Um, it's definitely going to be a challenge just putting everything together virtually. But in yesterday's press conference, Jerry Jones, he said that they've done some practice runs and it, they don't seem to have had any issues with it. Well, they've had issues, but they've addressed it and tried to perfect it to where tomorrow it shouldn't be a problem, even if they were needing to trade for whatever reason, they can make that happen. How comfortable are you feeling about this whole process when it starts tomorrow, as far as looking at how, the only example we have is basically the press conference that we were able to witness yesterday. So after that, how comfortable are you with tomorrow's process? Do you expect this or the Cowboys to experience difficulties that would affect them in when it comes to their turn to draft well, you're talking to two guys who couldn't get in on the press conference call <laughs> i didn't see stephen jones for the first 20 minutes uh not sure why but i don't think he i think he was having some problems too yeah i mean dave and i argued with derek i think a couple weeks ago it's going to be chaotic how can it not be it is going to be chaotic for what they're used to doing yes it, they'll figure it out but there'll be trades probably left on the table because they just can't communicate with everyone. Um, you know, I, other teams honestly might have more of a problem than the Cowboys because they've got an owner and a GM and that they need to talk to with the coach. Jerry's going to make the call if they really need to. So, you know, the owner and the GM are in the same head. So I, you know, that that's an advantage right there for the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about the Cowboys, but just, from the league as a whole like yeah i mean jerry kind of glossed over that he was like he was like yeah i mean we had glitches during the draft but we sorted through them i'm like okay well but like it didn't matter you know like it was fake but you're probably going to have glitches when teams are on the clock and when teams are trying to trade and I saw it, somebody one of the gms has like the the team's it guy is going to be living in a winnebago at the draft something goes wrong and i think i heard john john <laughs> schneider is like ripping down walls in his house to like boost the wi-fi signal like i don't know there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on and you just can't convince me that we're gonna make 255 picks and a couple double trades without some craziness i just feel pretty good about that like if it goes completely smoothly i'll be shocked I was expecting to hear something from the NFL saying that maybe they were going to extend the time that teams get to make the decision, you know, thinking that because of these technologies that are now being uh, used, I would imagine that there is some error, errors are going to happen. You're going to have glitches. So I was expecting there to be a longer time period where the teams just have more room for, you know, to mess around in case something happens. I think so. Okay. Were you going to say something? I was going to. I just, yeah, I would just say, I, you know, just, just the, the part about communicating trades to the league, that's going to be one thing that's, that, you know, yeah, you they can talk with amongst themselves, but then going to the league and getting all that in. I bet you the league's going to be a little bit more lenient when it comes to trade and past the deadline and stuff like that.
right, well, to wrap up the show, um, you guys had your predictions last week. Have they changed since then? Do you have a better gut feeling of what's going to happen tomorrow, who the Cowboys might be drafting? Um, Dave, what is your gut telling you? I mean, I'm, I've been on this train for about a month and a half, so I'm not going to get off now. I think if he's there, I think they will pick Caleb on chase on. Uh, it's good value for pick 17. He's not a slam dunk prospect, but he's 20 years old. He's an ascending, highly talented player. They do not have much in the way of like proven options at right end. Again, you're talking about a versatile guy. If we're going back and talking about the versatility of Mike Nolan, you know, having multiple fronts. The only question is whether he lasts that long because he's the second best edge rusher in this class and that's valuable. So he might not be there. If he is, I think he'll be the pick. I think C.J. Henderson would be in consideration too, but I don't expect him to be there. He's the second best corner, and those don't last long either. So I'm thinking Chase on. If he's gone, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry tries to get out of the pick based on the way he was talking yesterday. Yeah. It sounded like trade down was a possibility. I, I'm going to just say my prediction is a cornerback. I, I, I just think, you know, they've tried to cover themselves with defensive end and hoping that those guys get reinstated. Uh, but, you know, and you've got Jelts and you've got Joe Johnson or, or Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson. Yeah. Joe, Jackson. Mm -hmm. Joe Johnson's great basketball player, by the way. Um, I think that if you, I just think cornerback. And if they don't get, uh, you know, Henderson, I see him trading back, maybe Fulton from LSU, um, maybe the kid from TCU. Uh, Glad, Gladney and AJ uh, Terrell from Clemson are both names to know, too. Yeah. I mean, I, that would be a trade back, but I, I just can't imagine them not getting a cornerback high. Um, if you have a possibility to get a corner tomorrow night, I think they should. All right, well, we don't need to keep guessing because we will find out tomorrow night. Finally, we'll get to know what the Cowboys decide to do with their first round pick at number 17. Um, Dave, do you want to just go ahead and tell what time the draft show is starting tomorrow? Um, we will going live at 6.30 Central Time. Uh, so if you're on the East Coast, 7.30. Um, it's going to be me, Kyle Yeomans, um, Kevin Turner, and then Dane Brugler is coming back for the entire three days. So the four of us will be on. We'll have you covered. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, we get uh, Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broadus are coming over from the fans. So we will have all of the usual suspects from yeah we got the whole team together it's going to be a ton of fun uh hopefully we don't have any glitches Not together well, <laughs> together together <laughs> hopefully we can make all the technology work but yeah it'll be a lot of fun we will be there all three days all 255 picks well there you have it guys make sure to tune in and check out dallascowboys.com you can find everything all the broadcasts on the app on the website on connected tv uh, YouTube, I'm assuming it's everywhere. It's going to be in every single platform that you can think of. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Nick, Dave. Thank you. See you guys next time, next week, once we have all the Cowboys draft picks and we can talk about them. So this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio.